Lee Hodges wins wider to wider the 3M Open. Historically rough conditions at the Senior Open Championship leads to an exciting finish and Eastlake Golf Club is closing down. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the first official episode of The Golf Report. I am your host, Logan LaRue. I'm so excited to be launching this company. We'll be doing podcasts every single Wednesday. We'll be doing more content throughout the week on other platforms. It's going to be so much fun, and I'm so happy to have you all listening in. Thank you all so much. I want to thank so many people for just helping me get to this point to launch this podcast. It's been an amazing journey, and I'm so excited to be here. All right, let's get into the news for this week. Lee Hodges got his first one on tour this week and in dominant fashion. He won wire to wire, first time that has happened in 3M Open history. He was seven strokes ahead of second place, the biggest margin of victory since 2020. He played amazing all week, and I think it will be the first of many for him. He's a great player and an even better guy. He played alongside good friend JT Poston, who he had very high praise for during his post-tournament press conference. JT obviously had a chance of winning, but a few unfortunate breaks and just exceptional play from Lee left him tied for second. They weren't the only interesting pairing this week. For the first two rounds, Eric Van Royen and his caddy played alongside each other. Eric's caddy, Alex Goggert, Monday qualified for the event. They both missed the cut, but still a really cool, memorable week for them. Somebody else that missed the cut, unfortunately, was the other JT in the field, Justin Thomas. He's going to need a good showing at the Wyndham Championship this week in order to make the playoffs. I personally think that if he doesn't play well here, it's going to be a hard sell. For Zach Johnson to use a captain's pick on him for the Ryder Cup. Not having him on the Ryder Cup would be a huge punch in the gut to Team USA, especially with how good the Europeans are playing. But you simply can't justify picking up a player who is struggling as much as Justin Thomas is right now. He is definitely someone to follow this upcoming week. Speaking of which, let's get into those power rankings for this week's tournament. The Wyndham Championship returns to Sedgefield Country Club this week in North Carolina. It's the final regular season event of the PGA Tour. A lot of guys at this event, just like Justin Thomas, are looking for a good performance here in order to qualify for the playoffs. Coming in at number five, we have Siwoo Kim. The South Korean has had three top fives here since 2019. He lost in a playoff here in 2021 to Kevin Kisner. He started this year off winning the Sony Open at Wailai and has played pretty good golf since. He has struggled as of recent, missing his last two cuts, but don't be surprised if you see his name at the top of the leaderboard this week. Number four, we have Denny McCarthy. He's had three top tens in his last five starts. He's very accurate and a good score, which is exactly what you need to be at Sedgefield in order to contend. I wouldn't be shocked if his name is one to watch on Sunday. And then I got Sung J.M. at number three. His play lately hasn't just blown me away, but his record at this tournament speaks for itself. He's never missed the cut. In fact, he's never been outside the top 25 the four times he's played here. He's been top 10 three times here, including a 
P2 at last year's event. I see at least another top 25 from Sungjae this week, if not better. Number two, I have Russell Henley. He's been playing some pretty decent golf, missed the cut at the open, and looking to bounce back this week. He plays really good golf at this course. It fits his play style. This is a positional course. If you hit your marks off the tee, you'll be in the mix, and Russell is one of the most accurate drivers on tour. He made his last three cuts at the Wyndham Championship and was top 10 in all of them. He's almost guaranteed to be in the mix this weekend. And coming in at number one, I have JT Poston. He won at Sedgefield in 2019. He's been on a bit of a hot streak lately, making his last four cuts, including two T6s. And as we discussed, a T2 last week. I like his odds this week. I think he will almost definitely be in contention on Sunday afternoon. Unfortunately, Tom Kim, the defending champion, had to withdraw from the tournament on Monday due to an ankle injury that he sustained at the Open a couple weeks ago. He'll definitely be missed. He's one of my favorite players on tour. He's a lot of other people's favorite players on tour. He's just something to watch. He's very entertaining. He's a very young player, and he plays very good golf. Wish him a very quick and speedy recovery so that he can come back and be able to play in the playoffs and be able to compete at this year's tour championship. Let's talk about the winning score. I have the winning score this week at 20 under. You have a really good field and a lot of people that need to play well in order to make the playoffs and put themselves in a position to make the tour championship. I think they're hungry. They want to play good golf and they're going to go out there and compete like 20 under. Moving away from the PGA Tour for now, let's talk about the Champions Tour. The Senior Open Championship just took place at Royal Porthcall, and to say conditions were brutal would be an understatement. Alex Checo won with a score of 5 over par. He came out on top in a playoff versus Padraig Harrington. This is the first time since 1993 that the event finished with a winning score over par. Even moving day showed no mercy. For the first time since 2005, not a single player finished the round under par. Final round was even tougher with a scoring average of 78.5. After his final round 76, Alex summed up the tournament pretty well. He said, it was a really, really long week, really, really long weekend, and a really, really long day today. Senior Open wasn't the only tournament making history this week. The Corn Ferry Tour held the NV5 Invitational. Cut ended up being 7 under, which ties the Corn Ferry Tour record. After two rounds, 55 players sat within five shots of the lead. It came down to the wire on Sunday with Trace Crow coming out on top in a two-hole playoff versus Patrick Fishburn. It's been somewhat of a rough season for Trace, but maybe this will be a good pivoting point to send him in the right direction and possibly get him his tour card. On the women's side, Hannah Green, the Australian, won the Evian Championship. This is her first win on the LPGA since 2019. Some drama occurred this week as Carlotta Saganda was disqualified after being issued penalty strokes for slow play, but refusing to add them to her score. Nellie Corda finished this week with a T9. This is her best finish since April. This put her back in the number one spot on the official world golf rankings. It's nice to see her playing good golf after recently recovering from a back injury. The Women's Open is in a few weeks and will be a very good test to see where her golf game really stands right now. 
Some more interesting news developing this week centers around Eastlake Golf Club, host of the Tour Championship. The golf club, which is located in the heart of Atlanta, announced they will be closing for renovations. They will be laying off over a dozen caddies while they are closed. The goal is to make the course more closely resemble the one that Bobby Jones and others played decades ago. There will be extensive tree removal. The green on the par 3 ninth will be lowered and moved to the left to bring water into play. The lake on 18 will be brought more into play as well. And these are just some of the renovations that we know that are taking place. The course was originally designed by Donald Ross in 1903. Reese Jones was hired to restore it in 1993. It has hosted the Tour Championship since 1998. From what I can tell, the renovations being made will lead to a more exciting and dramatic finish to the tournament. It is scheduled to finish next summer in time for next year's championship. I will be out there at the course next month throughout the week of the tournament. I hope to speak with the superintendent of the course, Charles Asbury, about the changes being made. More breaking news from the PGA Tour. Jay Monahan has returned as commissioner and he sent out a memo to tour membership late last Wednesday. And it has a lot of juicy stuff in it. We're going to break it all down. After stepping away for about a month, causing him to miss the Senate hearing and the Open Championship, Jay Monahan told players in his memo that he has fully recovered and is committed to representing the best interests of the PGA Tour. One of the first things that he has mentioned in this memo is that he has designated a task force to decide live golf discipline. What that might entail, we are not sure yet, but we do know that the board is comprised of PGA Tour executives Annie Pazder, Jason Gore, and Neera Shetty. One board member that will not be included in this task force is Randall Stevenson. Part of the deal of the merger was for Randall Stevenson to announce his resignation from the tour. He has been a very influential voice in the professional game of golf, and it will be interesting to see who they replace him with. Some of the biggest news to come out of this memo is Jay Monahan's response to the golf ball rollback. A week after RNACO, Martin Slumber said doing nothing is not an option regarding the growing distance in the professional game. Monaghan announced the tour would not follow the local rule proposed by the USGA and RNA. He did say, though, that he intends to collaborate with governing bodies towards an eventual solution on the matter. I personally don't hate the idea of a golf ball rollback. I look at it the same as baseball, you know. High school, college, really up until the MLB, you can use metal bats. But once you get to the MLB, you can only use wooden bats. And why is that? Because if MLB players used metal bats, they would hit nonstop home runs. I see that same in professional golf. You have professional golfers that are hitting it 340 yards. You have horses that are running out of room. St. Andrews. St. Andrews is arguably. The greatest golf course ever. It's the first golf course. It has so much history and it's running out of room. It can't hold these golfers anymore. I mean, think about how many par fours at St. Andrews are drivable now. They are running out of room. Think about the PGA Championship last year at Oak Hill. You had tee boxes that ran straight through greens. Why was that? Because they are also running out of room. You have Augusta that had to buy out land from Augusta Country Club. Because they are running out of room and it is destroying the original intent and design 
of these golf courses. He went on to state that he intends to reward the players that stayed with the PGA Tour for their loyalty. He has put together a board to take care of those matters, including Pazder, Gord, and tour executive Jay Madra. He then left us with another delayed schedule announcement. 2024 PGA Tour season was initially expected to be released during the Travelers Championship week, but was delayed after the proposed deal with the Saudis. The new schedule is now expected to be released in the first week of the FedEx Cup playoffs in Memphis. We'll definitely have that for y'all when it is announced. Phil Mickelson took to Twitter in response to Jay's letter saying, Not a single player on Live wants to play PGA Tour. I would tell Phil to speak for himself on this one, considering that a lot of players have expressed their want to play both Live Golf and PGA Tour Golf. He called the whole idea of returning to the PGA Tour a colossal waste of time and said that in order for it to happen, it would require a public apology and restitution to live golfers from the tour. Players like Phil Mickelson would most likely be penalized more due to the lawsuits against the PGA Tour that they filed and the fact that they tried to recruit players to the Saudi-backed league. Players that left gracefully, like Brooks Kepka, Cam Smith, and Dustin Johnson, would most likely be welcomed back with fewer penalties or none at all. Despite the merger and the continued negotiations between the PGA Tour and Live Golf, I just don't think that there will be a consensus reached anytime soon. You have too many people that are unhappy, and I don't see a solution right now where everybody ends up getting what they want. Neither side of this argument is showing a willingness to cooperate. I mean, you have players on Live Golf, like Phil Mickelson and Taylor Gooch, who are continuing to badmouth the tour and recruit players to Live. And then you have the PGA Tour, who's not letting up. They're adding Tiger Woods. They just announced this on Tuesday. They are adding Tiger Woods to their policy board. The Division we have right now is very bad for the game. You have two sides. One's going to run out of fans and one's going to run out of money. And both are going to die out if they don't reach a consensus. It's very bad for the game. It's bad for players. It's bad for fans. I think both sides need to grow up and have legitimate talks. If you have any thoughts or questions on this matter, feel free to DM me on Instagram for a chance to be featured on the show. For more content, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at The Golf Rep. That's all I have for this week. Please join me next week as we review the Wyndham Championship and look ahead to the FedEx Cup playoffs.